Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That's why I'm your favorite podcast platform and reads Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. And um, maybe in on episode 200, it'll I'll just get the name that I intended and not the name of the network just splashed on to the, you know, mine. But for now, uh, it works because they give us ads again sometimes. Uh, but enough of that. And on to our illustrious, generous, wonderful guests. Um, two of the three-person triumvirate of the organization known as Comedy Gives Back, a crucial, crucial uh, institution to comedy as a community and an art form. Uh, please give it up for Amber J. Lawson and Zoe Friedman. <laughs> Thanks for joining me here. Uh, how are you two doing? Amazing. So good. Thank you for having us on, Jake. We're sorry Jody couldn't be here. She's our third uh, partner in New York, but she's mm-hmm. here in spirit. We'll represent. So absolutely. Uh, glad. I uh, glad to have any and all of you on. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, please uh, explain what Comedy Gives Back is. Comedy Gives Back is the safety net for the stand-up comedy community. Mm-hmm. So. You know, a number of years ago, Amber, Jay, Jody, and myself were at the Improv here in LA. 11, 11 years ago. Wow. Several. Oh, okay. I was like, what did I say? (laughs) Uh, I was like, did I say a year ago? We were, so we were at the Improv out here as we all were Mm -hmm. at many various clubs, right? We were comedy producers, bookers, lovers, you know, nerds, you know, all of it. And we're at the club and I've known Amber J and Jody for many years. And they came up to me and said, do you think we can change the world through comedy? And I was like, oh my God, I have been waiting for somebody to ask me that. How much time do you have? Let's sit down. And Comedy Gives Back was born. Mm -hmm. And it was originally born with the idea that comedy and laughter is a transformative you know, energy and it raises the vibration. And we know that that worked for us all personally, professionally, mm-hmm. relationally, all health-wise, everything, right? Absolutely. So comedy and charity was something that has been done for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we added a little technology piece to it and we would fundraise through comedy. And we then a couple of years later looked at each other and said, you know, you know who's not being taken care of in all of this? I mean, we did fundraising for malaria. We did fundraising for a Haiti water project, for mm-hmm. feeding of America, for all these causes that comedians mm-hmm. don't necessarily get directly impacted by. But right. they would say yes to doing these shows for us. And as you know, as a, a com- comedian and friend of comic, comedians want stage time. And a fundraiser is a great way to give them stage time. It's a symbiotic relationship and all that. But they would say yes all the time and partially because we've given them jobs and we have relationships with them. But we looked around and we go, oh, my God, the musicians have music cares. The mm-hmm. actors have, you know, actors fund and the motion picture fund home. And the right, comedians right. have nada. No. You know, if you're a comedian who's lucky enough or your path is to make mm-hmm. the leap to being on air with sag after or a writer, your writer's right. then yeah, there's benefits. There's some security. There's, you know, safety net. But for comedians who are on the road, the road warriors, working the cruise ships, working the colleges, all, no shame in that game. Like we are there to support. We go, nobody's taking care of them. Shame on our community, shame on us. And we kind of made this pivot. And we started with this kind of refocused intention of the way to use comedy to support comedians in need. Then... Mm. That was like 2019 when we had our first fundraiser and we were ready to open our doors in January, 2020. And we modeled kind of a music cares, right? right they do right, great. Right. They've been around 20 plus years. It seemed like we have somebody from music cares on our board that was helping right. us. And then pandemic happened. Yeah. And you know, that was the greatest need of all 
I mean, mm -hmm. that was every club closed, all access to income shut down for comedians, big and small. Yeah. And we pivoted again and we became a pandemic relief organization, which looked like, well, first of all, because we're all comedy and produ comedy producers and bookers, we started, we decided to do a fundraiser, a digital stream fundraiser, live stream fundraiser mm -hmm. called Laugh Aid. And on April 4th, 2020, we produced a night that had eight, 90 comedians. Yeah, over like four or five hours. Oh, like over six hours. I'm eight. Sure. <laughs> it was eight hours. <laughs> and that's, that, that's because of kind of quantity, you know, like there were so many people who said yes, but it was yeah. also hard to produce remotely. And it was very early on in the pandemic. Right. But um, we raised. Well, and. Yeah. The like magical piece of it, beyond it being just funny and great was this green room where you had Adam Sandler and Jim Gaffigan and Michelle Bateau and, and you name it. And at that point we were like three weeks into the pandemic mm -hmm. and they were craving hanging out and talking <laughs> yeah. smack and right. connecting. Right. And, and we want to know why it was, it was supposed to be four hours, four, 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 right? Yeah. So four hours on the fourth, but eight hours later, because they had a lot to say, they had no outlet for it. <laughs> That's true. Right. Yeah. It and was they therapy wanted... both ways. Yeah. Right. Right. So the audience got entertained and the comedians got and felt good and connected. Right. And some of the stats from that night, which stats without story don't mean much, but I will just say, because we did, you know, eight hours, we raised a half a million dollars that night. Oof. But what was so astounding, I think in that number, besides it was a good, you know, great amount of money to make mm -hmm. in one night, which continued to give, you know, we made, you know, we amplified that through the year, right. 4,000 individual donations came in. And what that told us is that comedians matter. And what okay. told us that, something that we thought maybe, you know, comedians are always helping comics. We know that's happening. We're giving it some infrastructure and some light and, you know, taking the backroom element out of in case you don't have that famous friend to help you. Right. But it really was clear that people cared and right. comedians not having a place to go and comedians not being part of the social fabric Mm -hmm. was important to people. And so I love that it was 4,000 individual donations, a half a million dollars. And literally the next day on April 5th, Amber J, Jody and I started giving out grants and Amazing. we've given over a thousand pandemic relief grants yeah. to comedians who lost access. We, um, and now we've moved out of pandemic relief, although I think things are touched by pandemic, you know, right. as we move out of it. Yeah. But now we, we have sort of re-entered what our sort of original vision was, which is, hey, I'm a comedian. My partner got sick. I, I missed some gigs on the road. I fell behind. I don't have my rent for this month. And we pay the landlord, right? Or dental bills or health bills or, you know, whatever it is, insurance premiums. With a big um, focus on mental health, right? And a big, and then of course, big focus on mental health. And I do think pandemic was the great equalizer around mental health. People who didn't suffer from like who never thought they needed therapy before pandemic were like oh fuck I feel isolated I'm sorry are we allowed to curse you're, allowed to, you're so allowed to curse I figure if it's a comedy thing um yeah. you know um you know oh wow I've never felt so alone or isolated like all of that so right. we are we actually have about 25 comedians that we're currently paying for mm -hmm. to get mental health therapy through our partners at better health through dv hirsch mental health services right. and we paid for three comedians to go through chemical dependency treatment and are back on the road and like doing great um so really our goal is to always make sure comedians can do what they do best which yeah. is make people laugh i mean that's the safety net is right. you, we're there for you and i will say one more thing about the laugh aid grants mm -hmm. the pandemic relief grants we made a decision that 500 was the number it's not a you know not a shit ton of money for a comic they can often live on that for a while but really what was also really clear in the reflection we got from the comedians, mm -hmm. we were able to help. Well, first of all, we wanted to help as many people as we could. And we right. also didn't want to impact taxes. So there was a, right. a method right. to the madness. Right. Um, but the reflection from comedians in Indiana and Denver and El Paso, Texas, and all over the world, uh, or, you know, all over North America were, 
wow, I can't believe Adam Sandler showed up for me. I can't mm-hmm. believe, you know, Bob Saget showed up for me. RIP. So that $500 was amplified because, you know, when we all feel taken care of, right? we know life is better and we know like we can do better. We can thrive in whatever our, you know, chosen path is. So right. to be able to let comics know that they're important and to be seen and heard by other comedians and right. the public yeah. was really a powerful part of what, you know, of our message. And again, we didn't start out as pandemic relief. No. And now we're sort of back again. Pandemic is probably going to, you know, uh, infiltrate certainly our financial crisis relief, mental health. But yeah, our focus is right. mental, financial crisis relief, mental health, chemical dependency, and community. Yeah, like once a week during um, pandemic, we did a comics only private Zoom mm-hmm. where comedians could come and sometimes it was social and just kind of like a connective time. And sometimes it was like how to file for a tax extension, yeah. <laughs> how to book yourself when clubs open, how, you know, the how to's because comics need a little sport in that world, you know, right. on the how to's. Oh, yeah. A lot, so, a lot of comics filing unemployment for the first time. We did that too. We showed them how to do that or how to, you know, so there were a lot of different weekly gatherings, Zoom we did. Um, and now we are, um, we took a little bit of break, but we're back to doing them probably once a month. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what we've been doing. That's so, so lovely uh, with every everything that you're doing. Because, I mean, I remember right before lockdown, you know, Jason signs, Zoe? I don't think I do. I mean, I might recognize him, but it doesn't sound The last name is spelled S-E-A-E-N-Z. And it, this is oh, like- Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. That sounds different than it sounds. Right, right, right. And he loves wordplay. So, I mean, a big thing that he tried to do is make called sign signs, where uh, he would just like make, make up fake signs that he would post around town. <laughs> but Amber, Jay, do you know about Jason? No, tell me more. So he was set- uh, to like get WGA insurance because he was hired to write on a TV show. And then about a month or two before he was at some house party and he had a terrible fall from a roof, uh, I think down three stories and was like paralyzed from the waist down. And what? yeah, and like he was like a month away from health insurance he didn't have any health insurance otherwise and like you know thank goodness that like he's been around long enough he has friends of friends of friends that are famous but like the people had to set up a gofundme to essentially like raise half a million dollars because he had to have like spinal surgery and all this you know well, I have to say that's something that I think we are going to be a facilitator of mm-hmm. where we empower mm-hmm. uh, GoFundMes without right. the fees, yeah, without the fees. So they, so they can go through our platform and not have to pay all the fees of GoFundMe and it's comedy focused. So we've and done this. deductible. Oh, and tax deductible. That's and great. tax deductible, right? So it's through our 501c3. And uh, we've done this for uh, several people so far. And it's mm-hmm. and we've raised big amounts of money. Yeah. And 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 then they didn't have to just go off and, and pay the, the fees and figure out how to uh, pay taxes and right. and disseminate and make sure it's legit and all the things that come with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's been like a whole new like bar to clear for a lot of comics for a lot of reasons. I mean, whether it's health insurance or um, a lot of trans comedians are having to do GoFundMe for top surgery. Um, I've been to a few of those benefits Um, because there's just no where's it where's the money come from, you know, and there's no safety. And that's I'm really glad that you guys are around because I think there is something I will I, I don't want to make a blanket state for all comedians but I think it's fair to say that a lot of comedians are so self-deprecating that they kind of paint themselves into this corner of not feeling important like they don't need yeah. to ask for help when they so clearly do you know you know what that we found Jake a lot 
which was to what exactly what you're saying is there a comedian so again everyone lost access to right. performing and to clubs again medium high level low level starters be openers right. middlers right you know headliners and there were people who clearly weren't in terrible jeopardy but again everybody's wallet was impacted well and you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you don't know and so many comedians when we we would see or would come to us no somebody needs it more than me mm-hmm. i don't need it somebody else we're like take it if you are blessed with abundance then fine give back and donate like but take it now. You're deserving. You're a comedian. You lost access. You don't know what's coming. We had no idea what was coming, right? Yeah, in terms yeah. of how long. But that is like this, you know, I think self-worthiness. Well, right? exactly. It is yeah. about self-worth and money is self-worth. So what am I willing to receive? Or do I right. feel like I, I think I'm worthy of receiving. Right. Absolutely. You know, and I mean it's a deep-seated thing that that I think the pandemic definitely shine a light on. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for all the people that tried to scam unemployment to like get buy a Tesla or a Lamborghini or whatever it was. Yeah, those fuckers who, you know, abuse the system, you know, that, you know, and trust me, there are, you know, when we first started talking before pandemic, when we would tell like people who are ultimately on our board, you know, like there's a certain, um, maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's just nonprofits and maybe high level managers who I'm speaking about right now might have been tried, you know, scammers might have tried to come at them so much, but um, you know, they were like, how do you know that people aren't going to scam you? How do you know that a comedian's not going to, and was like, first of all, we have an eligibility review committee. We have criteria. We're smart. You know, if we don't know, we'll ask somebody if they know, but like, it was interesting that people thought because there are scammers out there and people right. do do it. And, you know, the, our advisors and like our board members, especially our friend, Harold Owens, who's on our board, who was at music Harris for many years, he goes, it becomes pretty clear, pretty quick. Who's not legit and who's not. Then there might be a gray area, right? Like we right. have criteria, like the comedian has to have been working for this amount of years. So, so and, right. you know, and look in music cares that even had to change. It used to be five years of a working musician, but because mm-hmm. of technology and self, you know, um, you know, t- you know, self content, publishing and distribution and all that, they had right. to change what their criteria is. And that's always upon us to make sure that our criteria, uh, you know, and whatever we, you know, our, what, whatever we can do is there support the, the changing needs, right? It doesn't yeah. stay the same, just like it was pandemic and now it's sort of the, you know, what, you know, just financial crisis, not just or mental right, health, right, but right, you know. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, but also, you know, I always find scamming specifically like resources like that so ironic because like, I feel like the people that scam those things, it comes out of this sense of desperation because, well, for the longest time, you didn't have what you needed. And now you're, you felt like the world has turned its back on you. So who cares? Well, I'll speak into, we went through every single application and there were maybe five to 10 that weren't, that were on the scammer level. And they were, and I wouldn't even necessarily there were a few that I would call scammers, but mainly they were people just applying who worked in different fields. Like I'm a hairdresser, yeah. but I, I make people laugh. We're like, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, people trying their best to like, oh my God, there's free money to be had. It seemed innocent enough. They weren't even trying to, right. It wasn't even, they like- They didn't push on it. It wasn't like they were like, yeah, but- Yeah, they just tried. They're like, well, this, this organization's giving, you know, because yeah. that's the nice thing about pandemic is that, vulnerable communities rose up to help their own like even bartenders I remember right. seeing a bartender sort of gives back kind of idea right. too you know right. like or B- Birbiglia did that thing specifically right. for comedy club staff that's right yeah yeah that's right that's right so yeah, yeah. scammers don't aren't isn't aren't our biggest concern but yeah we went we go through everything we have the reason to you know we check so we don't but right but I will right. say that the kind of outcome of this is checking in on our mental health of, of our vulnerability, our willingness to share what's actually going on with us, to not hide it, to not 
suck it up or man up or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. But, But really what we saw is the comedy community coming together tenderly. Yeah. And, and saying, Hey, you know, we're all in this, right? It's not just you over there or you're not, you haven't reached whatever. It's like, no, we're, we're in this together. All of the, all of the clubs are closed. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys exist because I feel like sometimes it it requires like something horrific or tragic happening to like get that sense of community kind of like. Well, it usually does. That's what rallies Pain is what makes us take action. Yeah. And we right. all have like, pain. Yeah. But like the, I mean, you guys specifically deal with this, but like the passing of Brody, like brought everybody together. But it's like, can we not have that happen to have everyone come together? Well, that's, you know, that was a big, that was kind of not the straw that broke camel's back, but that was one of the pieces because those, well, for many reasons, right? right? So there was there was one of our own that was hurting and everybody knew it was super public about his mental health challenges. Right. And we could never claim to say it could have been a different outcome. Right. However, his was almost to the story of what you were talking about, about Jason, you know, signs that, you know, he, Brody had the show on HBO and then it was canceled. And then, he, and, and through that insurance, he had his health, in, you know, good health care. And he was in a good place around his medication and his therapy and all good. But then his show was canceled. He can't afford the Cobra because Cobra is like, you know, rapes and pillages villages. I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And he changed over and there was this transition that was kind of, he was aware of, but he did not, he was not able to make that leap. And so but we always say, again, can't claim to know that that would be different. But what if we were the round and a comic could come to us and say, hey, I am in such a good place from this and I'm losing it. this. Would you be able to pay for my Cobra? I'm like, yes, we will Cobra this. You know, we will Cobra right. you. And right. then again, we don't know what would happen. But right. that was one of the pieces when we think about how we can impact and insurance is actually something that we're figuring out because a lot of people in the nonprofits is don't be a health exchange insurance, don't be an exchange, right? Right, right, right. So we have to. We're, so we are working on multiple um, solutions. Yeah. That will help comedians be able to make sure there's continuity, that they, you know, it's not one size fits all. So it has to be very clear, you know. So we're working on that, and probably we'll be able to announce kind of our. Uh, sort of what we're putting forth to the community probably by the fall. Right, right. You know, and that, yeah. And that's great. And, you know, I don't know what you guys feel about this, but I feel like there are so many comedians that talk about the importance of mental health. And yet, at the same time, <laughs> it feels like they're not, we're not talking about it enough. You know, because yeah. people still need help. And even on like a comedy level, I've seen people who, I start like I started seeing them. They were in therapy. They started therapy. They're funnier. After they've gotten therapy, they're funnier. Yeah. So I think that's a question I want to ask because I do think that's a fear within the comedy community. Um, oh yeah. Like I guess, my, I yeah. my comedy comes from my pain, yeah, and yeah. if I don't have that pain anymore or that thing that whatever shtick that right. or. I mean, it's our truth, right? right? In the moment until we have a new truth, until we right. have a new awareness and and that I won't be funny anymore. Right. I think they frame it in such the wrong way. I feel like, you know, you're going to have, you're, you're scarred from whatever that experience is, that trauma is, that's always going to be around, but you just understand it better and you don't let it drive your life. You know? Well, I believe we have chapters. Yeah. I believe we heal and we move through them and those things are what, give us tools mm-hmm. to navigate life. Right. And you're right. It's experiences that are, that others can relate to that maybe are impetus in it for them. I always say that comedians give us our medicine with a spoonful of sugar. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And so, and, and it's a vulnerable craft. You're the right. only one on stage and you're sharing most of the time your right. very vulnerable experiences. Right. And that's where I feel... Oh, go on. Sorry. Which, which it just gives other people, you know, who are who are in the audience or seeing it or hearing it, mm-hmm. it, relatability that they're not alone. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And we need that. Like we need that it's as so human important. beings. That's why I, th- I think too soon can go both ways. Sometimes mm-hmm. like, you know, you're too close to your own pain. And I've seen it on stage where people are just essentially screaming therapy on stage. And, you know, if you're likable enough, you can get away with it for a little bit. But um, at some point, it's just like, oh, man, I, this person's in pain or they're like clearly they have not processed or healed from whatever it is that they're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. But I do think that that's a, a real fear. It's a real mm-hmm. thing. And I think we need to talk about it is if I do heal this mm-hmm. or, or my pain is what had the light shine on me. And I'm afraid the light will go away if I don't have this. Right. And I just think that's, you know, I think, uh, even at different levels, some people worry about going on medication and not being as funny anymore. And I don't think that's objectively true at all. No. And like the countless hours of comedy that I've watched, I've just, I think on a, on, on the whole people who just are better adjusted or they've come to a sense of peace, they're just funnier rather than like, you know, being on edge at all times, you know? Absolutely. I think, right. I think that is sort of misunderstood or fear. Mm -hmm. And I do think, I mean, I think there's a lot of great examples of people who, I mean, there's always been good comedy is revealing and can be that sort of reflective self, but I would say Taylor Tomlinson and Gary Goldman who, and Byron Bowers and people who really embrace the mental health of it all. And Maria, Maria, you know, I'd love to just bring up, I always love Hannah Gatsby. I remember in her Nanette, Mm -hmm. you know, special, which really should have been a one woman show, not a stand up show, but that's my own Mm -hmm. thing. But, um, you know, she was talking about like self-deprecation and humor and getting stuck in it right. and, and having it be. And I was like, geez, I am not a stand-up, but I certainly have been around stand-up long enough to, to really feel that doesn't feel accurate for everybody. Or like you said, objectively true. Like right. I think for a lot of people doing stand-up helps process it or, you know, oh. I mean, yes, you do therapy and hopefully it, and then talking about it where you can bring it into the light and maybe actually help somebody else with it, right. not get stuck in it. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. like, I feel like she had a very interesting and not certainly want a point of view that I thought was real. I mean, it's right. real for her. I, I don't right. deny her, you know, but whatever. I thought that that was so kind of interesting because that mm-hmm. wouldn't be what I think most comics say about. Right using comedy and how it helps their, you know, mental right. health and all of that. I think there can be a, it's not even like a, I think a comedic development thing. I think depending on where you're in life with like certain pain or trauma, that could be a place where you sort of get in an arrested development with it. Possibly. And, yeah. And I've seen like, so I still go to open mics and I've seen, there are people who like, they still just, they tr- they trauma bond on stage uh, bomb on stage uh, or trauma dump I should say um, and like they don't adorn it with any punchlines or structures or anything like that and then it would when it doesn't get a reaction because somebody said they were raped then they like lash out at the audience that's not like processed that's yeah. not you know like no. you know I, I, that's I think where you get stuck, you know? Well, right, because you're not doing any of your own work on that anyway. You're just kind of like releasing it, which by the way, has also some potential therapeutic. Right. But you're then you're gonna beat yourself up for not making people laugh and then blame the audience and go, my pain isn't funny. Make it funny and you can talk all you want about pain, you know? Right. Right. And I think it's reinforcing the story. Yeah. It is, it is, Oh, I'm going to throw this up at you and you're not going to react or you're going to, or you're going to be shocked by it. And then I'm going to prove my point that I'm not worthy, that I'm not good, that I'm not valuable, that I'm, 
trash that I'm whatever, fill in the blank. Right. right and, right, right. and then I validate this cycle over and over again. And I've seen, I've seen that, uh, mm-hmm. well, see, see. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to do a little bit of comedy news before? Well, I know Wait, I want to tell you before. Yes. Oh, yeah. Before you get Brody. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm. So, so tell us about Brody. So yeah. speaking of Brody, Brody mm-hmm. Stevens, obviously a good friend of the comedy community. Yeah. And his his legend and his uh, his spirit lives on. Yeah. Uh, LA and- icon, I would say. What'd you call an LA icon? LA icon, 818. An 818 icon for sure. Yeah, 818 till I die. 818 till I die. So, you know, Brody has such a lovely following. And every year since his death, apart from 2021, so it's Mm -hmm. been, this will be the second to third year, Mm -hmm. they do a Brody Stevens Festival of Friendship walk. Right. And this year we are partnering with the Festival of Friends Walk Mm -hmm. and we are asking all comedians to step up and walk with us and anybody, fans of comedy, fans of Brody, to come. It's $50 to register. You get a great swag bag. You get water. And the event and the day is going to be really fun yeah. so there's a mural that's going to be revealed it's painted in his honor and receipt up yeah go ahead so the day oh, is sorry. august 20th mm-hmm. august 20th it is 9 30 in the morning is the unveiling of the brody forever 818 muro ret mural registration to walk is from 10 to 11. The walk is from 11 to one. And then one to three is a post walk rally ceremony with guest speakers, comedians, music, and food. And you can register it's 50 bucks to be an official walker. Uh, you can get the information to register. And I'm sure in your liner notes, you'll have the links, but comedygivesnack.com. Yeah, and then our on give butter is where you register, which the link is on our, our, website right and then the thursday before the comedy store will be honoring brody uh uh brody stevens 818 day show on thursday august 18th to kick off the weekend right and i I believe the city actually recognizes august 18th 818 as brody stevens day yeah official day yeah, yeah, yeah yeah Wonderful, wonderful. So please sign up. Please come. Mm-hmm. Please share. Com- you know, comics challenge comics. We w- we all want to do like a walkathon where comics were like, just come, register, mm-hmm. be part of it. It's going to yeah. be a really great day. I will the- say an- another thing that I want to add is that we are looking for ambassadors in communities. We want to get this into every. We want to get comedy gives back and the awareness for the comedians as well as the audiences who appreciate comedy uh, in all the comedy clubs. We host a laughing for good day every year in Mm -hmm. December this year, it's December 8th. And so we're looking for partners in clubs, ambassadors to play our PSAs, to put it out in their networks, to uh, share our QR code or to text us at seven laugh to 70, 70, 70 um, to donate so we can continue doing this work. That's amazing. Uh, I will have all that in the liner notes, but definitely go to Comedy Gives Back online and uh, comedygivesback.com and all the info will be there. Um, Do a bit of comedy news and then we'll talk. Yeah, talk about Comedy Gives Back. All right, so um, I'll try to run through this pretty quick. Uh, First on the docket, Pamela Adlon, who just finished uh, five uh, critically acclaimed seasons of Better Things on FX, is already set to do her first feature-length movie. Uh, It's going to be a pregnancy comedy starring Alana Glazer, which is I find intriguing because Alana Glazer's last movie, I believe, was a uh, horror comedy that had to deal with being pregnant um right what you know right because didn't right. she just have a baby so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i read that that pam adlon was pregnant oh so yeah that would be a different thing 
Yeah. No, no, no. That's like in World War, uh, like, you know, like the rags of, you know, because she, yeah, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's going to co-star, I mean, there's, you know, a a bunch of great comedy people in it. Josh Rabinowitz, Michelle Buteau uh are set to co-star uh the movie will follow an aggressively single woman oh i wonder what that means uh i feel like i i represent that i feel like i'm an aggressively single woman (laughs) because you have that streak of purple in your hair i have an entire half of my head is hot pink yeah i live my life out loud that's why yeah, well, what is what do you believe is uh, how do you manifest aggressively single, Amber? Well, I would say uh, you got to come with heat if you're <laughs> thinking you're gonna date me. Uh huh. You're you uh, aren't some scrub. That's all yeah. I gotta say. Oh, you don't want to uh, be locked down. Is that what you're saying? I'm a, I'm a free spirit. Right. I, I I like partnership, but. You got to be a conscious, expansive being on the planet to to catch my eye, right? And to stay coupled, like I think she's aggressive. Yeah. Because, <laughs> they catch my eye, but I don't stay yeah. coupled. <laughs> I mean, I think that's it. It's like, it, yeah, there, there's no moss growing under Amber J. And I would, so I would say my perspective on that aggressively single is I'm single and I mingle and I'm proud of it. There are a lot of women who are single and feel woe is me, and that right. is. There's a lot of fun to be had in our aggressively single, you know, stereotype or, you know, prototype. Right, right. You, Amber, you're, Amber J, you're one of the people that like when a comic asks like who's single in the audience, you go, woo! And I- It's 100% me. I'm like, and like this. Yeah. (laughs) And I just do, I just do this. (laughs) One clap. One sad, solitary clap. I'm codependent, so if the audience doesn't respond, I'll respond just so they feel somebody's out there listening. <laughs> I'm not single, but I'll go woo just. To- yeah, yeah. So they feel heard. Yeah, exactly. That's how. And I they're not that. alone, so they're not single anymore. <laughs> right, right, and that's when the comic falls up. Oh, so you're single? No. Oh, oh you just want to be supportive. <laughs> that's so sad, but it's true. I am. Yeah, codependent you're the me. ultimate supporter. That's a good am. Right. right. Uh, so it falls an aggressively single woman uh, who gets pregnant from a one night stand and then leans on her best friend who will be played by Michelle Buteau um, to guide her through uh, motherhood and, or, you know, becoming a mom. Uh, and with Pam directing, you know, I, Better Things was such a beautiful show. And even when it was not like laugh out loud funny it was just there was something that was so spectacular about it that you just like i don't know i just like could the, the episodes could have been like three hours and i would have been fine with that i'm with that i'm with you it was such an unusual tone and sort of way to do comedy and i yeah i agree i agree so i always i love to know what pam is up to so i love that you brought this up as one of the news pieces yeah absolutely i love that on better things there were just montages of her cooking they weren't they it wasn't a joke you just wanted to see how gorgeous of a spread she was going to cook they really upped that this season too right oh yeah you know maybe it was part of the pandemic like let's keep it here so i can you know Right. But I, I love her authenticity of storytelling. I think mm-hmm. that there are a lot of sugar-coated, even in this day and age of dramedies of family and parenting. And I have a mother who lives in my guest house and her mother lives across the road. And right. it made me feel good about being a good daughter after I saw her with her mother sometimes like to, to paint that picture. So like right. she left, like they were supposed to go away for the weekend. She goes like, no, I'm dropping you off, or with, <laughs> you know, which I just love. And the kids, you know, and kind of mom that like right. how she kind of really painted those really nuanced relationships, which yeah. I, I feel like Alana is almost like a, a new generation of Pamela in some ways. Like I feel they have a lot of comedic energy similar, you know? Right, right, um, right. I'm actually excited for a, this current generation of like comedians that are parents versus like, you know, the idea of like Sam Kinison having a kid would be like, oh God. 
help us help us <laughs> yeah that person's well, in the divine be- feminine coming into play right that's right. that's what we're having a nice balance of that um, yeah that i even even some dads like that's the- what i was going to say dads especially they're great like comedic dads who are so involved with their families because they have an atypical schedule too yeah uh scoble jay larson nick yeah. thune all like newly jim gaffigan dads. Well, <laughs> again again, no again? <laughs> yeah yeah newer, yeah the right yeah nick kroll john mulaney oh yeah <laughs> john wow i what mean a, wow right what a year that guy <laughs> had you know the, he was on seth meyers not even to promote anything but to just explain what happened which i found wild yeah yeah oh yeah so i went to rehab twice and then I got divorced and then I dated somebody new and now I'm the father of her child. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's how life is though. Seasons mm-hmm. happen. And when mm-hmm. change happens, every like, I don't know if you've noticed this in your life, but when, when it's time for a seasonal change in your life, if you don't make the change, it will make it for you. <laughs> sure. Well, what do you feel about covid being the season of change for literally seven and a half billion people. Yeah, we needed a reset. That's what that was. (laughs) As human beings, we needed to come together and put down our ego. We needed to come back to center Mm -hmm. and recenter ourselves and figure out what actually matters to us as opposed to what we have outside of ourselves thought mattered to us. That's what we got. And either we learned the lesson or we didn't. Yeah, sadly, there were a bunch of people who didn't. Uh, I was like... (laughs) Yeah, no, there's some people who are just like, wait, do you think this is still 2019? So next news story, uh, Spotify, as a result of all the controversy surrounding Joe Rogan uh, after paying Joe $100 million to be exclusively on their platform has formed an advisory council to guide content policies. Uh, they are not going to actually dictate or enforce any sort of gu- like uh, boundaries or um, restrictions. They're merely going to, as their name would suggest, advise any creators on their platform as to what might happen. And they're very vague as to what that is. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think they could, even if people really wanted them to have something that was more restrictive or like monitoring things that are disinformation or hate speech, whoever those people are that are disseminating that they're going to just find another platform to do it on. I mean, like there was a, there was like a conservative podcast platform that was uh, offering Joe a hundred million dollars to go to their platform at one point, you know? And so that, I don't think it's necessarily, I, I mean, I wonder if this is, I mean, I guess it's nice that Spotify is doing that, but I wonder what, how effective it's going to be. Well, uh, yeah, big question mark. In my opinion, it could be just a big PR, sort of how do we deal with this, that we look like we're giving some meaningful action and mm-hmm. thought to this. Now, here's the other piece of it. I saw some of, I saw this advisor group. They're very, they seem very smart people. Like they're, right. they're not people I hang out with. <laughs> they okay. seem very, very smart. Right. And what I would say is that technology, and platforms have grown so, ex- and social media have grown so exponentially right. and process and protocol and contract and everything hasn't caught up with it. Mm-hmm. So to have some smart people try to figure it, and again, that's not necessarily what they're maybe going to advise on, but I do think there's a piece of this, right? Like, is it freedom of speech? Sure, right? right. Like there's peace to that, but is it also like, how platforms and technology are spreading people's words so quickly. I, I don't know. Again, I'm not one of those smart people, but I well, wonder if it's- And you need to yeah. look at what are we rewarding? Because really it goes back to newspapers and if it bleeds, it leaves. Yeah. So right. 
what you're really doing is what's the what's the shock jock value out of saying or doing X, Y, and Z so that I drive up my numbers so that I get paid a hundred million dollars. Right. Oh, you mean for the individual artist or I mean, like for the company? For the platform, the platform. Oh, oh. So ad if they're ad supported, right? right? It's all about views or impressions right. that I can deliver to my advertiser. Right. And what we've noticed as human beings, and it is human behavior, that we are curious about the downtrodden. We are, we are not attracted to the good stories as much as we are the negative ones. That's just yeah. how humans are wired. Well, and there's, it's unfortunate, okay. but that, is, and so therefore that's what gets the clicks. Right. Well, that's part, I mean, it, it's almost the same. You guys remember Private Parts, that Howard Stern movie? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when he was first starting to get ratings on it, having his own show, uh, uh, one of the execs, why can I not remember the actor's name and just remember that like um, Howard called him like pig, pig fuck or something like that? <laughs> But uh, whatever executive was in charge of Howard was so mad be- uh, that he was getting good ratings, uh, despite how uh, detested he was with the show. And he was like looking over the numbers and they're like, wait, so people who love him listen for an hour and a half. And they're like, yeah. And then people who hate him listen for two hours. <laughs> they're like, why? And they're like, just to see what he says. Yeah. People yeah. want to feel righteous and in, in, in righteous indignation. So I don't know that we can change human behavior. No, you can't. Advisory council. No. What we can change is how we're rewarding that behavior. Right. And that's probably not an overnight. No, that is. No, I mean, none of this is like an overnight change. You're trying. I mean, you know, essentially, you're suggesting like having a consciousness shift. Like, I don't know that an advisory council can like enact that. No. Well, and that is the opportunity for all of us is to have a consciousness shift, is to go like, am I really attracted? Is this really making me a better person to listen to this? Mm-hmm. Um, and am I separating myself? Because the truth is we are all one. Right. You are a mirror of me and I am a mirror of you. And when we are separatists, when we mm-hmm. separate ourselves, we are separating ourselves from ourselves Mm -hmm. so this us and them mentality is Mm -hmm. all bs Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i do believe in a very general sense that we have more in common than we don't and if you go around the world and you get to know different types of people you will find that largely they just want to get by they just want to get by that's it and and by the way What's up? Life is not just about getting by, but you're right. We have, we're 99.7% exactly the same. That 0.3% is what makes all of us look different. And I would say that everybody at minimum wants to get by. There might be a higher aspirations on that 3%, sure. but like old push come to shove, we, that is a common thing. We want to get by. And again, what look that looks like for other people, uh, for different people is different. Of course, we all want to get, you know, yeah. get by, you know, uh, and we are, I agree, we are more similar than not, um, except for Rogan. He's very different. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's also, I, I guess, a point, the good one. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, 0.3% of people who are just like so privileged that they're out of touch with humanity. Well, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Do you think Jeff Bezos could understand the plight of like most people? Probably not. Probably no. not. I mean, looking at his uh, phil- philanthropic uh, sort of uh, record versus his ex-wife, he certainly doesn't. You no. know, like, you know. Well, and he and made it, a penis rocket. I mean, yeah. Well, made, we're on the nose. Yeah, I do. I feel like it, a lot of his philanthro- uh, uh, philanthropy is very transactional in a way where, like, okay, if I give a hundred million dollars to good causes, I can make a penis rocket, right? <laughs> Totally. I mean, yeah. yes. Really, <laughs> right. I don't think he's asking permission either. I'm, by the way, I booked Jeff Bezos just as a weird side note. In 1999, mm-hmm. Amazon was just like just, just around. Bo- just books. Just books. And 
well, online shopping, I think. But we had, I booked him on Kilborn, the Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn. Uh-huh. And it was, I mean, it was a great interview. He was very jovial. Like, right. you know, and he was a, whatever, probably just a billionaire at that point or just a million, I don't know. But right. I was like, he's laughing his way all the way to the bank. And that was 1999 or 2000. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was wow. a good time guy. He felt like he was kind of having a, Good right. old time. He must have seen a crystal ball or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, there, there's uh, some, you know, there, there's a whole wave of these, you know. Uh... That is my point, Zoe, what? is exactly that. So, you know, I, I was hanging out with these billionaires recently. And what Where? I mean is. Oh, that's a whole nother. That's over a whole nother podcast. Uh. <laughs> so. But what I noticed, and I think this applies to comedians as well, mm-hmm. is it is imperative when you are disseminating information, sharing points of view, that you up-level your consciousness. Right. Because with, with Jeff or uh, Elon or fill in the blank, yeah. without consciousness, Mm-hmm. or emotional intelligence yeah. around because they're a bunch of white patriarchal dudes by the way yeah they don't they don't think like women they don't think in other cultures they don't think in other skin colors i don't think they think like people yeah well they i mean they partially could be aliens by the way and yeah. um and without that like they impact so many people's lives economies our environment Mm -hmm. is the ripple effects so it is key and same with the ideas that comedians plant in people's heads we plant seeds in people's heads i say we deliver the medicine with a spoonful of sugar but if you are coming from a unconscious point of view right you're also imparting that and planting the seeds of that and i think it's upon the storytellers it is upon the technologist those who are are spreading uh, tools and ideas and beliefs to deepen their consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, that is a different path for everybody, as I felt like so much when it comes to mental health, people talk about doing the work and the work is always different for everybody. And people largely just want to like have answers in the back of the book. And it just doesn't work like that. Well, the answer's within you the whole time. That's yeah. the thing. Are you willing to go within? Yeah. That, that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Jake. Oh, no, I was just going to, it is that simple, but it's never that easy. That's true. Oh, well, it is not easy. <laughs> yeah. I did not say it was easy. In fact, it's the most courageous who do this work. Right. Absolutely. Hallelujah and amen. <laughs> <laughs> That was a whole sermon right there. Yes, it was. Uh, I'll give you some snaps. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that we're going to cut it off for news. Uh, for Okay, so Comedy Gives Back is it now in this um, transitional phase that's like, as the pandemic is descending, kind of, uh, you, you're focusing more on the original vision and you're covering... Um, you know, your like crisis resources and uh, mental health. And I mean, I think that's really amazing that like people can reach out to you. Like, I can't afford these things. And you're like, yeah, we'll help you out with that. Um, do you, what do you envision further down the road? Let, let's say like whenever COVID is, I mean, can we ever say that it's over now? I don't know, but like- It's a part of our lives. Yeah, it's a part of our lives. Pandemic. But regardless of that, I think what's, we want to be able to say yes for every qualifying comedian Mm -hmm. that we can help. So we need funds and we need money to keep it going, keep our doors open. Like right now, what we envision much like a motion picture fund home or music cares is a company that that's overhead and operations is taking like, you know, the, the music cares, their operations are taken care of by the, what, why are you shaking your head? Grammy Foundation, like, so, so we are able to really just be able to say yes to comedians who need help. 
how and what that looks like in the future, whether it's pandemic related or not, is again, our three pillars, financial crisis relief, mental health therapy, uh, mm. chemical dependence treatment and community. Right. The, the thing that we like in the, in the nearest future, mm -hmm. um, we really are envisioning and putting a plan together for a retirement senior home for stand-up comedians. Oh, wow. So, you know, again, the Motion Picture Fund home exists for, you know, actors and producers. And right. because, of, because of being in the business, me, for so long, because of my parents, there are so many comedians that I know who have had great careers. Oh, yeah. Who aged out, stopped working, and now are having health issues, now are having need an assisted living or care and don't not like just don't have anything right. and that I feel like as our country ages right like they mm -hmm. talk we're gonna have the largest like 60 plus right like comedians are part of that and that that's a much that's an expensive endeavor in terms of like this home and to give that support so that's another way support looks like that we would love for comedians who have done such noble work as making right. people laugh and being you know right. um they get to age with grace right and um ease yeah you know, that's what we envision you know yeah. down the road um and to be able to help comedians that come knocking on our door in in many different ways so and perhaps with that support more of those comedians that at such an advanced age could I don't know have one last special like Norm just like Tafin well, that's 100% that's a great idea right that's yeah. right sort Could of you imagine that. the content that will come out of that please yeah. but we would yeah we were excited for that and that just you know is our kind of mission in action and right before we go I do want to say that you know to your listeners community so get involved be part of the Brody donate we also have a golf tournament. It's one of our major fundraisers, November mm -hmm. 14th, 2022. So right. if you're a golfer, if you have a, co a company that wants to buy a team, if you're a right. comedian who wants to participate, we would love to have you um, November 14th, 2022. Right. I, I wanted to ask one last thing. Yeah. Uh, in part of like wanting to cover every comedian that qualifies, do you envision a future where that includes like sketch improvisers, writers, you know? Yeah. Like anybody who's like, I, I make a living trying to make people laugh. Yes, that would be our goal for sure. Um, so sketch is kind of like stand-up where it is a live art form. It's does it can move on, you on to SNL just like stand-up can move you. But right now our priority is stand-ups, but yes, right. we, our kind of mantra is the entire comedy community, mm -hmm. right? So that might even be like to Birbiglia, what he did at the beginning, people who, somebody who's sick, who's a waiter, waitress, service person at a club, if they need help, like how right. can we support the entire community? Right. So yeah, I think sketch and would be a part of that. Too. I come from sketch, yeah. like, yeah. yes, That's absolutely. And yeah, yeah. we want to be able to include it and do where we can, you know, do yeah. And we can. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're at a point where we get to scale, right? So what that looks like is I talk about these ambassadors or clubs, that passive income right. coming in from multiple clubs or tours or mm -hmm. uh, venues is right. what allows us to expand and take care of the entire community. Yeah. Right. That's, that's great. And I, yeah, I feel like, yeah, the, it'll just be reciprocal, the bigger it grows. That's right. I mean, yeah. then we just have those kind of passive sources coming in from comics tours and this and that and, you know, all of it. So it, right. will, it will be. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I can't wait for that. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Amber J and Zoe. Thank you, Jake. And yeah. I like. Absolutely. I loved having you on and I will try to list as many links of all the things that we mentioned in the show notes and, and whatnot. Um, well, one last time is where can people find comedy gives back or uh, and you guys as well online is, and is there anything else you, you would like to promote yeah follow us at comedy gives back on every single platform you can follow amber j lawson or wowie zowie at wowie zowie <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> that was your cue sorry okay. uh, 
And yeah, what's coming up is the Brody Walk, is the uh, golf tournament, and then Laughing for Good is December 8th. So, uh, and, yeah. And um, donate to go, you know, to comedyisback.com or text uh, laugh, L A U G H, to 707070. Awesome. I am Jake Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at the Comedy Bureau across platforms and at thecomedybureau.com. So many great causes of support at this time. I don't know. Comedy Gives Back sounds like a good one. Um, but if you have money and generosity left, oh, uh, over after that uh support the comedy bureau because it's still just me running it after i forgot to bring this up 11 years we started at the same time oh wow 11 11 that's a sign of the angels yeah yeah that's great oh well we will yes it's a good support for you jake too <laughs> thank you um do you have anything to say as we sign off here i'll let you do it i'm gonna i have to go but i'm gonna right off. You say they're right. closing, whatever. Amber, Jay, do you, do you have something to say as we sign off? Yeah. Do the work, people. <laughs> do the work. Do the work. And you are not alone. Yeah. You as are opposed not alone. To, as opposed to Kim Kardashian saying, get off your, get off your duff and go do it. <laughs> no, no. Actual inner work, guys. Inner work. Inside. Answers In- are inside. Yes. Uh, comedy is very much happening. Please go support us for comedy goes back. And as the wonderful, wonderful, great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. Enjoy it. The comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Grineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.